This is Getting Past the Subtitles. I am Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And we are in week number two of Mysteries. Cue the ghost. Last week we watched JSA or Joint Security. What was A for? Area. Area? I was going to say association, but I was like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually a pretty good one. Couldn't go wrong with Park Chin Wook. Pretty much just like a military kind of mystery about North and South Korea. Really enjoyed that one. But this week, we are still in South Korea, but we are taking it to like the 1800s with a period piece. This one was called Blood Rain, released in 2005, directed by Daesung uh, Kim. And it was a lot. It's a lot of movie. I have to say. Is this your first time watching it or is, have you seen this before? Yeah, this was my first time watching it. So definitely a very thick okay. plotted <laughs> movie. That's, that's, in my head, I was like heavy, but thick is the, thick is the taker. <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of story. And because it's set in 1800s Korea, um, there's a lot of cultural things mm. and stuff like that and like political things that might be a little bit harder to grasp. But I think once you kind of understand the background of it, it's actually a very tried and true mystery. It's just the dressing is is like a period Korean period piece. But right. um, most of it's, you know, main the driving force of it is a mystery film. Right, right. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Actually, uh, I think because of that, uh, I will I will give you uh, a bonus point. I think this is actually probably the m- most enjoyed film I've had, like in a period piece film. I think me and period piece films don't link <laughs> as well. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's just something about like historic films that just don't like appeal to me, like on a surface level. Um, but this movie really kind of threw that out because it wasn't really about the period per se. The setting of it and the influence was definitely period like set. I mean, like there's a lot of spirituality and a lot of its superstitions, things that are kind of more common in a period area. Um, But it, it is more of like a lending to the plot of the movie rather than focusing on the history itself, you know? And I think because of that, I had actually really liked it, like really liked diving into it. Uh, and that too, that you, there are things that like in context of the time, it would be helpful to know, but like, I didn't really know, like, I don't really know much about the time period of Korea in that time or like the relationship between like who was ruling South Korea, like were they with China or separate, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't like hinder my experience of the movie at all. Like I don't, you really didn't need to know much of like context to really enjoy yeah. the film. So yeah. like you said, it, it, it really puts his foot in the ground with mystery and that's kind of all you really need to grasp right yeah i feel like only as a person who reads the subtitles it might be a little bit hard to follow the people but once you follow them and once you know who's who i think it can be a very fun film to watch because you start understanding who's who and the relations and correlations between them and 
the different mm-hmm. uh, power dynamics and stuff like that, and what where the mystery is coming from. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, I'll <laughs> kind of explain um, the story and and the basic synopsis for the film, so that we have a kind of common ground as we discuss the film as a whole. Test time. This may be your <laughs> toughest challenge yet, Lee. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like as I was writing this up, I realized <laughs> it's actually very, there's a lot of things to go through. Uh, hopefully I get through the major biggest points of the film. And you can help sure. me um, just add in uh, things here and there if you feel like there's anything I missed. If I don't get lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's set in 1808 on an island off the coast of Korea. And uh, there's a series of murders that occur, and it's thought to be through the wrath of a vengeful ghost who used to be the former paper mill owner in that island. Uh, The island's main source of commerce and wealth was through the paper mill, and Commissioner Kang was well-received by the commoners on the island. Commissioner Kang was the owner of the paper mill. Right. And there was five informants who kind of was jealous of Kang and wanted him to kind of go away because they had a lot of debt and other reasons. Um, one of them was a worker at the paper mill named Haksu, um, a manager. Um, his name's Jang. There's a head manager whose name was Joe. And... The Kang family's servant uh, named Tuho, mm. who um, and basically those five guys uh, framed Commissioner Kang, saying that he was a a convert to Catholicism, mm-hmm. and because of that, and and during that time, uh, believing in anything other than like Confucianism was like eh. you were sentenced to death. So they framed him. They framed Commissioner Kang, and basically. Him and his whole family were executed yeah. because of that. But during during the execution, um, Commissioner Kang vowed that even after his death, he would curse all of them, come back as a ghost, and haunt them, and and, <laughs> and you know kill them. And so that's basically the setup of um, the backdrop. Sure. And you know, a few years pass after that, and the mill is now owned Seven. by a different person. The mill is owned by an aristocrat named Kim Chi-sung. And they're required to offer up a tribute to the king twice every year. Mm. And it's said during the time when they're actually about to send the tribute onto the boats. But during that time, the ship catches on fire and the inspector is sent to the island to investigate what happened there to the tribute and everything. So on the day of the inspector's arrival, a murder occurs. It's Haksu, the lazy worker who threatens yeah. uh, others. And so uh, the detective comes and immediately is like looking for what happened here. And he believes that it might be connected with the ship burning. Mm-hmm. Haksu is actually, uh, he's like pierced through his whole body right. um, with a spike. And they're trying to figure out who killed him. And Toki is one of the suspects. So the reason why he was um, suspected is because Initially, he was actually poisoned before he was put on a spike. Right. Yeah. And so uh, Toki is put into custody, but then manager Jang comes and he's trying to uh, secretly get him out because he realizes that uh, Toki is one of the informants and he's scared that he might 
um, say something stupid. <laughs> so he's trying to get him out. Sure. You know, at night while he's going back um, to his home, he gets caught. Yeah. And basically he is boiled to death mm-hmm. at night. And um, in the morning, Wangyu uh, realizes um, that this these murders that are happening might be connected with the rumors of the ghost because mm. all the townspeople are like crazy and they're going scared because um, they're realizing that like these bad things, bad omens are happening right. and they're very sp- superstitious and stuff like that. And so they're all like really scared. Mm-hmm. But Wang Yu thinks that um, it's not a ghost and he actually thinks that there are, there's a murderer out on the loose. And so he um, starts connecting the dots and he realizes that it has something to do with the Kang family because right. Kang family was executed um, in the same way that these uh, these murders are happening. Yeah. And so the first guy, he died through the piking. And um, I think his uh, the Kang family, there's like the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter. And and, um, and him. I think, was it the son? I, I think it did. Uh, and son, then right? him. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's these five people and they all died in different ways. Uh, like the grandmother died through like uh, spiking. The daughter was supposed to die um, through boiling. Mm. Um, I get oh the wife. The, the wife. wife was supposed to die through the paper suffocation. Yeah, and the son was supposed to die through stoning, and he was supposed to die by being torn apart. Yep. Knowing this, Wang Yu realizes that Toki is also gonna die because he's one of the informants, and so he puts him in protective custody. But then during his protective custody. The serial killer like goes through the window and impales him through the window and then suffocates him with the paper. Because Toki died in his custody, the um, royal emissary, he gets kind of like annoyed and pissed (laughs) because he was like basically their only lead. Wangyu decides to go to the shaman and tell tell the shaman to stop giving charms to the people because the people are getting more superstitious and scared uh, and thinking that it's a ghost when it's actually just a human being. Well, while he's there, uh, she tells him that she heard a a gunshot, or she heard a loud sound. Thunder. And one you thinks that it's a gunshot. Yeah. And so he has his men searching the area for any clues, and one of the soldiers finds like a trail leading to a cliff. Mm. So one you searches the cliff, and he finds a finds a dead woman, um, with like possessions. Yeah. And a bullet through her head. He figures that she's also connected to everything that's been happening mm-hmm. um, on the island. So um, Wangyu, after that, starts searching for the gun. And realizing that Wangyu is searching for the gun, um, the head manager, Joe, is kind of scared. <laughs> and he's trying to uh, flee the uh, island because he realizes that the killer is going around killing all the informants. And he is one of the informants. But then... Wangyu tells the head manager to uh, go with him to look for the gun at the Kim family estate. And while yeah. he's there, the head manager gets impaled and he gets dragged and he gets his head crushed by a piece of rock. Right. Um, thus fulfilling another one of the deaths so, um, that happened by stone, by stoning. Get hit by a rock. And Wangyu uh, tries to um, follow and and tail the serial killer but then he gets injured and he's unable to catch the serial killer yeah. and then after that uh, Wangyu starts investigating more and more and he finds out that 
Zhuho, who was previously the servant of the Kang family, he has a grudge against the family because he was accused of sexually assaulting Kang's daughter, Soyeon, when in reality he was actually just trying to save her from drowning. And because of this, he has uh, a lot of resentment. He has resentment and he becomes one of the informants that murders Kang. Led to Kang's death. Yeah. Wong Yu tries to find Zhuho because he wants to, you know, try to stop the killer from killing him. And he knows that killer is going to try to tear him apart, just like how they did at the execution. Right. But Wong Yu has, uh, Wong Yu tells his men to, like, rally all the horses and the oxes because he knows that they're going to try to use the horses and the ox to kill Zhuho. But after that, he, Wong Yu realizes the only place that he can um, tear somebody apart is at the paper mill mm. using the ropes and stuff. And so he goes to the paper mill and he finds the serial killer who is Inguan. Right. He figures out that it's Inguan because the culprit was a person who never left the island. Right. And he finds out that Inguan was somebody who had a fear of the sea and he was just unable to even go near the sea or else he would have these really hard, I guess, symptoms, really bad symptoms, nausea and like not being able to breathe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and as he was searching Soyeon's body, he found a paralysis drug yeah. and he was wondering what that was, but he realized that the paralysis drug was meant for Inguan. And he realized that Soyeon and Inguan were lovers and that Soyeon came to try to escape with Inguan um, out of the island. Mm-hmm. But then that night that she was trying to escape with him. Um, the informants came and killed her. She got caught. And yeah. And basically that's how the uh, yeah. the killing started. Because Inguan wanted to get revenge for um, Soyeon. And so at the paper mill. Um, Wangyu prevents Duo's death. But then he had to kill Inguan in the process. Mm. And Wangyu... Uh, leaves the paper mill with Tuho, but then the villagers come and they want to basically kill Tuho because they're scared that the the ghost won't let them, you know, be right until um, all of the informants are dead. Right. And so the villagers come and basically they um, they stab him to death. And then as they're stabbing him to death, blood rains from the sky. Yeah. And basically it's like, the yep. representation of revenge and the fulfillment of that revenge. Yeah. And they all go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, basically they all go crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically the summary. <laughs> yeah, there's so much like little details and stuff that I didn't go through, but that's basically what it is. <laughs> in a in a nutshell, like streamline, that's that's kind of the movie. Why don't you uh tell us what you thought about the film? Well, the first watch it was like trying to catch up with my brain in the movie um i mean like first and foremost anybody that watches this should definitely go back a second time regardless of if you were lost the first time and need to kind of like understand the story more or there's a lot of details to kind of pick up on your second watch that really pay off um as well but definitely for me in my case it was um kind of following along and understanding sort of the plot and uh, sort of like the relationships that you needed to know but there was a lot of like those nitty-gritty details that i kind of missed and then when going back and watching it it was 
really great to have sort of those aha moments and watch it. And I, I guess like really, I appreciated the movie a lot. Uh, it was a really good watch. Um, and it wasn't like, it was a lot to take in, but it, it didn't seem like, I mean, it wasn't boring in any way for sure. Um, but with each new sort of development and as the mystery continued, it really like reeled me in and it, it really was just a pleasurable experience uh, throughout hundred percent. And the characters are great. And like I said, there's so many, like for me with any story told, it's always about characters and this movie is so heavy on relationships, character relationships and kind of unraveling the mystery and sort of paying off revelations of like, oh, this character was this person all along or like this person actually did this person. For example, with like, you know, we follow uh, Wong Yu as the uh, investigator the whole time and sort of like he has his own arc with trying to solve the mystery, but also realizing that his father was part of this whole revenge story within the island. And so, and right. so kind of like everything is is like a tree with these roots, you know, and everybody's sort of connected in a way. And I think that aspect yeah. of the movie was probably what I loved the most. Yeah, like for me, it kind of reminded me of like a lot of the old school Hollywood detective films. Yeah. It's like it's a very classic detective film where the premise happens mm-hmm. and then the detective kind of comes into the situation yeah. as a complete foreigner mm-hmm. and is trying to piece together all these things by connecting the dots with all these different people and the and the suspects and and trying to figure out who's who and who's telling the truth and and who's lying and trying to weave all these different connections together to find the culprit. It was really mm. a very classic, classic um, detective film for me. Um, but um, like I said, like, but has this, you know, layer of Korean uh, period yeah. style, right? Yeah. And that I actually really liked because I feel like a lot of Korean period pieces, Korean period films are not about mystery or, you know, detective work or anything like that at all. Sure. And so seeing a Korean film do that and and do it pretty well and utilizing the cultural and and a lot of the different implications that come with um, being in this time period, mm-hmm. I think was very enjoyable for me. It is a very classic mystery murder mystery film. I mean, if like it has all like the cliches, but it does everything so well. And I think what like really sort of like leans into the movie that makes it so well made is because. Like, there's a lot of flavor in the movie that kind of layers on the mystery. Like I said, it is a period piece. And so that is a pretty interesting spin on the mystery genre itself, setting it in that side. But there's also, like, influences of of kind of, like, horror a little bit there and gore and sort of, um, like, paranormal kind of uh, genre. Um and but right. there's just like there's a lot of it's a cake with like a lot of layers that doesn't like it's pretty heavy on mystery but it's it's got so many other things to kind of um, to really uplift it and for me that's like that's what really are uh, really as well because I always felt like there was something new going on tonally and like just visually mm-hmm. as well I mean just the amount of gore that was in this movie was kind of surprising <laughs> like in a personal thing it's like this is kind of a borderline horror you can you can kind of approach it. Yeah, like a lot of the kind of things that happened is 
related to like the superstitions yeah, yeah. of um, the time period mm. and like all the things about the shaman and like the superstitions about like, you know, ghosts coming back. Yeah. And there's even that um, moment when they have that ritual, the shaman ritual in the beginning. Right. And she's doing that ritual and then she basically gets um, possessed yeah. by the ghost of Kang, mm. right? And and the ghost of Kang basically is like, I'm going to get revenge on you guys. Right? <laughs> yeah. And she like bleeds through the mouth and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, like all of that, I think, really adds to kind of the immersion. Right. And recently I was actually watching um, Sherlock. Not the uh, the drama, but the the movie, Sherlock Holmes movie Ooh, by Guy Ritchie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it. Yeah. That actually is that kind of has the similar uh like um through line of like the superstitions of like you know the occult happening and you know right. Sherlock trying to figure out like all these different deaths that are happening like one by one like people are dying mm. and it's basically like meant to be right these guys are meant to die yeah. right uh, in the same way in this film you know all these informants who basically um, led to Kang's death, are meant to die by the ghost. Right. And there's this guy in the back orchestrating all of this. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's actually very similar in that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost one-to-one. It's very Scooby-Doo. It's a basically a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> yeah, like all the structure of the film is very classic um, detective movie. Right. And I think that really lends itself uh, well in this world and in this period um, filled with superstition and filled with all these different things that lend itself to a whodunit mystery the kind of juxtaposition of like you know rational mystery but also set in you know everybody believes in the uh, superstition and that there's the ghost of kang is murdering everybody and there's this sort of like paranormal element to it the movie like itself is kind of this genre mystery because it wants you to believe that i mean yeah with um uh, with Wang Yu, he's the rational character and he's giving these rational explanations and is trying to find like a physical person and a murder that did it, which he does find. Uh, but at the same time, there's so many convincing scenes that the movie gives you that like a ghost has actually done this. Like you said, with the um, the very first like ritual scene when she's possessed by Kang and basically damns everybody that's there and then like bleeds from the mouth and something like those are kind of paranormal things that aren't natural. And then the fire happens. But there, there's, like, other things with... And, like, with the very end, like, the blood rain that actually falls and so, sort of all these things that, that can't get explained, you know? And you, as a viewer, you're like, oh, well, maybe that there is something to this Ghost of King incident, right. you know? And I, I really love, too, how it is doing that teeter-totter dance between a rational mystery versus, like, supernatural elements are kind of... are also having an influence on the plot yeah i I really agree with that yeah like you said it's nothing's always like 100 percent rational right like there's something there that's a little bit supernatural and i think not making it all completely rational really adds depth to the film 100 and makes it kind of makes you wonder even more and like i think that that's what makes this film so good is like even at the end right the ending like you mentioned about the blood rain it's like how do you explain that like <laughs> yeah. why is it raining why is it like why is literally blood raining from the sky yeah when the last guy dies right when they start killing tool 
And obviously, from a filmic standpoint, it's more like a metaphorical thing. Yeah. But from a story standpoint, it it really kind of like makes you wonder, like maybe these things happened for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah. Like even even the um, even Ingwan becoming the serial killer, maybe that was part of the ghost right. plan, right? The the plan of the ghost sure. to um, get revenge on all these people mm. or something like that, right? And so it really makes it interesting um, from a story standpoint to make it not just this like, oh, it's just completely rational. Everything's rational. Yeah. You can just figure it out. Like it's, it's, it's you know, everything can be figured out um, as opposed to in this film, it's really um, something that's um, walking that line yeah, yeah. between. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Just some things that, I mean, yeah, I just can't get explained like the blood ring. Like even the um, like with the water incident, there's always like a bad smell or taste in the water that kind of grows. Yeah, like, exactly. F- more foul as the story continues. Like there's never a logical explanation yeah. for that that occurs. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think, uh, like diving into the the story, one of my favorite things of going back in the movie is repicking up on those like breadcrumbs that the filmmakers have left. For you to kind of like, if you go back, you kind of see where like, oh, okay, that's going to pay off there. Like, okay, they put that there for me to like have a sense of it later. Right. And there are so many, like, so many foreshadowing moments in this movie. Um, It's actually kind of impressive. Like, there's, um, there's the, I mean, the shaman is kind of a big one. Uh, but when he first goes to, when he first goes to the shaman, um, and he gives, and, uh, he's giving her back the charms that she's handing out to the village people. If you recall, like the first shot is she makes like that, uh, body print of a man on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, like a, co- there's like a comma in the chest. Yeah. It's just, just a big foreshadow to Duho's death at the end. When that guy sticks the comma in his chest, and the rain falls. Mm. I was like, Oh my God, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just those like little, little, little there's things. like a lot of little things that kind of add to the depth of the film. Mm. It, it really goes to show how tight, I guess, the, the story was written. I feel like 100%. a lot of things kind of, you know, add to the layers. Sometimes a film can feel very shallow, yeah. but I feel like this film has a lot of depth to it. And, and, and the more you watch it, and kind of go over it mm. there's more things that you can kind of glean from it right and and it makes the and makes the film more rich yeah and even like as a writer's perspective uh we, you know we talk about like covering your tracks sort of when you kind of structure a story and make sure that there's coherence within everything and this movie does a because of that the movie does a terrific job in it there's not like a lot of ho- holes that you can pick or even when watching the movie, like I said, the movie is so is already like content rich and just like really thick in uh, plots and like subplots and exposition, and it kind of like throws it out like at times. But going back and watching it, like it, it really prepares you for those moments to happen, and it never feels like you know a backstory is being thrown at you from left field, and then you're kind of just added into like a lost daze of a chaos kind of situation when you go back i i kind of understand like oh, okay now 
it, it flows a lot better. Who did you think was the culprit when you first uh, got it? Watched God, it? I don't know, dude. Like with the, I was like, I was always like five steps behind because, because then, because like, <laughs> I guess like the first part is, like the first half is um, Wang Yu looking just for the, um, not the Inquisitor, but the informants first, like all five, and like every time that there's a new guy that's suspect as an informant, I'm like fuck like who is that guy again <laughs> like i'm like trying to remember like what's his relation to the island you know right and then finally like when all five of them die i'm like lost at that point i'm like what okay so like i'm like so okay he's trying to find the murderer but you know what's going on because like after after like Dowdon is the last informant to well besides juho that is the last one to die and there is kind of like a space of movie before like he realizes that Duho has been captured by uh Inguana Inguan's the killer. And so it's and so it's just and it, there's like that's like pretty exposition heavy because then they add in like, oh, like your dad's the Inquisitor, and then oh, like this is the reason why Kang was even murdered. Mm-hmm. Like all these political additions to it. Yeah. And I got lost in that. And like not worried about who the actual killer was. Right. <laughs> I I mean for a little while I, I thought it was Duhol for a bit. Cause they kind of they do kind of set it up as that misgiving. But then they realize that it's Inguan. But then when but the problem for me was when Inguan was re- revealed to be the murderer, I don't know who the fuck he was. Like he looked <laughs> different from <laughs> it's cause he cause he dressed like like the sun or like more or he dressed like as an aristocrat because he had like the hat and he had like the tied up hair. Yeah. You know, and and even his character is completely different from when he when you realize he's a murderer. Cause he's like mm-hmm. he's more well put together. He he's kinda like an like an embassy kind of person. Right. But then when he's a murderer, he's like long hair, like beards all nasty, and he's I'm like, wait, who was this guy? Yeah, so Ingon was the aristocrat's son, right? Yeah. I mean obviously the the film wants you to think that Tuhul is the killer. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, and makes you kind of think that Tuho was the lover of Soyan, yeah, yeah. and that's the motive for him yeah. to want to kill these guys, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of set that up, I think, in the beginning, and then later on, I guess you realize that it wasn't Tuho that loved um, yeah. Soyan, but it's well, actually, I guess she, he, I guess he did, but then the lovers were not. Tuho and Soyan, but Ingon and Soyan. Right. It was just like a one sided so love. I guess the whole. twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all like that whole like that whole arc, that whole side story probably threw me off the most because I didn't know like I, I <laughs> that I was completely lost because because I kept showing you flashbacks of Duho and Soyoung, which I kind of pieced that yeah. together and then like he saves her from drowning and stuff. But then after that, like some mm-hmm. guy comes up and then Starts beating him because okay, like I guess he thinks he's gonna sexually assault her. Yeah. But I didn't know who, like that old guy was. I didn't know it was Kang. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like lost. That was the that was the Kang. Yeah. Kang, yeah. So I didn't piece together that, like, Kang basically backstabbed, uh, Duho as well, and then that's that was Duho's motivation to become an informant against Kang. Yeah. I just thought like, cause cause before that I already knew that Ingwon. Like I pieced together that Ingwon and Suon were like actually lovers, because then they kissed, and I was like, 
even though that I was like, oh wait, so they're lovers, but do whole likes her too? <laughs> like, okay, so now I know who's like actually in the relationship. And I was like, so who the who's this other guy that's getting mad at at a do whole the entire time? It's just so it's just so much to take in. Yeah, that's why I feel like yeah, this film you kind of need a little bit of background uh, you do, yeah. <laughs> understanding before you like leap into it because it's sometimes harder to yeah. um, really piece everything together. Kind of like the 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 recurring theme is that there's like it'll tell you one thing, but then the reality is something opposite. Like with uh, Wong Gyu's father, he's always commented and talked about as this uh, high general or like in high regard this person that stand up and has very clean uh uh what's the word well respected just like a perspective and sort of the way that he does things you know when he talks about you know when, when they're talking about the um the riddle and sort of like being a merciful sort of um king or like owner or whatever yeah but then the revelation is that the dad is actually the inquisitor who sentenced Kang to die and his family to be executed. And it's, and basically this whole incident is essentially his fault. And it is completely opposite of what he taught uh, Wong Yu, you know? He was also part of the political yeah, aspect, right. right? Like he was actually supposed to, you know, investigate it for a longer time, mm-hmm. all of the accusations that were put against Kang. But instead of actually thoroughly going over the investigation, right. he decided to just um, make a judgment call and just execute them right, right away. And so that's, I guess, the fault of the father, yeah. right? He didn't. Basically, they didn't get a fair trial at all, essentially. Yeah, and the reason why was because of these political inclinations that he had mm. that you know made him, you know, do that. And that's kind of harder to get in the first time you watch yeah, it. C- because of all those so many different things that are exactly. happening. That you're like another thing that's like coming in. Yeah. Um, another piece of information that's coming in that's a little bit harder right. to um, digest. Yeah. And the reason like when that scene happens is it never tells you straight up. Like it doesn't tell you that like in your face. It, it does it in a roundabout way through flashbacks. So he's like talking with the royal emissary. And then because remember they sent a... They sent somebody back to the mainland to investigate the former Inquisitor so that they can get the information on the informants, the remaining informants. And so when he came back, he couldn't get the information because the Inquisitor died. And so, but he knew like where he was from and blah, blah, blah. And it pieced together that it was him. But they never said his name. They just moved to a flashback of when King was murdered. Yeah. And then it moved like forward in time to like Wang Yu like being distressed that it's his dad. But it never specifically states that it was his dad, and that was kind of my problem. Well, well, Ingwan Ingwan says that it's his dad that did that. At the well, yeah, at when, the very end, when, yeah. When they're confronting him at the very end, he's like, you know, like you're no better because your father, exactly. you know, was part of this too. But by that time, it's so far late, you know. It, it feels yeah. like if you didn't get it in that scene, for it to like actually. Once, like, Inguan finally actually says, like, oh, you're dead. You, you're making make the same mistakes as your dad. I'm like, oh, like, oh, that. I guess that mm. makes sense now. But it's kind of a little a late payoff in my yeah. mind. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, this mystery was interesting because, I don't know, for me, at least for me, mm. I felt like the serial killer, I actually didn't feel like that he was the bad person. 
in the <laughs> in the film. Right. Like I actually kind of rooted for him in a certain sense. Yeah, yeah. Because um I felt like because once you realize what the story is and what happened, yeah. you you're kind of rooting for and you have sympathy for Kang, right? Kang's family right. and the injustice that happened to Kang's family mm-hmm. and the things that are happening with Inguan too and the daughter and the love that they have and right. and the injustices that are happening around mm-hmm. them. Funny enough, you're kind of rooting for yeah. for Inguan and you're kind of hoping that these informants get the you know justice <laughs> that they deserve. Right. And and funny enough, like it's interesting because you kind of turn into the village people mm. who have these like anger or who have these uh you know who are also scared for their own lives and they're like we need justice right. and Kang needs justice <laughs> but like you're kind of like in this really weird position because the way that they're demanding justice is <laughs> through murder yeah, right? yeah. through through violence and you're kind of and 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 it really fits the whole um theme really well of like the blood rain and you know like basically the village people like they go into this like blood frenzy yeah, yeah. they start like stabbing each other and like <laughs> like killing and, like, themselves stabbing too and like they go crazy right and they go killing themselves yeah. and i feel like this film and and the way that it puts the audience the it positions the audience in as they're watching the film into the shoes of maybe like the village people right. or or having sympathy for kang and 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 feeling like there needs to be some kind of justice there, whether it's through violence or whatever. It's really an interesting way of um, putting the audience in the in the the people's shoes and yeah. articulating the theme of the movie in that way. Mm. And I think that's really beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're not really like sure. Or for me, it's like the side that you're taking is constantly sort of shifting throughout the movie um where mm-hmm. you yeah i mean obviously like in the beginning it's a serial murder and you're like oh yeah that's a bad guy and then as you kind of get the revelations that the serial killer is mainly basically acting revengeance on the wrongdoings of the king fam king's family you're kind of rooting for king now because like oh yeah these everybody that like uh sold them out are like also bad and they're 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 the real bad guys you know but you kind of realize right and even technically the village people sold kang out too right. because they had a lot of debt but then kang mm. was nice enough to like not you know take all the debt but then right, right. the village people realized that if he died then there would be no debt to pay so why not right and a lot of a lot of the village people were were silent when you know he was accused and basically he was executed and so exactly. they also feel that guilt right i think that was my favorite revelation Wang Yu's trying to hunt down and get the identities of these informants. But then sort of like the ending revelation on that front is that, well, the entire village is the informant because they, they basically all knew, like they all knew that he, that King was, was falsely accused of being a Catholic and then murdered for their own selfish desires was kind of the, right. They're basically all in on it. Yeah. 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 It, there were sure there were like these five key people that had like direct hand in it. And sort of, mm-hmm. you can kind of put the responsibility on them because they were directly involved. But everybody is at fault because everybody knew the truth, essentially. And yeah. I, I think that was sort of the biggest reveal for me, the one that I enjoyed the most. Because, like, oh, like, okay, this is like the actual reality. Like, this is the weight 
of like what's happening in this in this island you know yeah kind of like it's like the the mystery just gets bigger and bigger as you go like as you progress through the film you know it's like oh yeah it's just this like handful of people and it's one guy murdered another guy it was like oh now there's five people oh now there's like aristocrats and governments involved oh it's everybody's at fault all right that's all right. cool so it just it just grows and grows in appeal um uh, yeah it, rem- it reminded me a lot of murder on orient express i don't know if you've seen murder on Orient express oh yeah 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 you did so like at the end where it, the the oh spoilers by the way for anybody that hasn't seen murder on orient express definitely go watch it but the ending is that like everybody was a murderer like they all actually committed the murder against the dude mm. and so i really like i kind it to that it's like oh that's it's a little bit genius i guess my question for two was did you how did you feel when he so like at the end when he um he frees him but then he just gets murdered by the entire village did you kind of ex- what was your expectations at that moment or did you just feel backstabbed that he was not gonna live first off like one you it's kind of weird that you just like he lets him go yeah that was. <laughs> i was thinking like he would take you know his him and the soldiers would like push them and like get to get right. him through but he basically kind of succumbs to the mob and right. lets the mob do whatever they want to him and so for me i mean it's understandable and i actually liked it better that way but it was weird right. because I felt like Wangyu might not have wanted to do that or, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly, but. Yeah, I agree. I It would have been, I feel like what was supposed to happen is, I mean, I didn't, he didn't want it to happen, but the problem is that he just didn't put up a fight against it. I could understand if exactly. like he, I could have said like if he actively tried to stop it and was like being pushed back by the mob and like actually couldn't yeah. do it, that would have made sense. But But here he's literally like, he tries to stop it at first, but as soon as the mob happens, he's just standing in like horror <laughs> on the side the entire right. time. And we're like, I that's that's fine. Yeah, for me though, I kind of saw it as like maybe his um acceptance of this mm. thing as not just a rational thing, but right. a kind of supernatural thing. And especially when the blood rain starts, you know, coming down. Right. He kind of like looks at the rain. And mm. he's kind of shocked at it. And right. he's kind of wondering, like, what's going on as well. Throughout the whole film, he's the one guy that's really logical about everything. And he, there's a killer and there's the murder and it's a human being. And as long as we figure out who it is, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like, he's he's very, you know, logical in that sense. But I think yeah. by the end of the movie, even him, I think he kind of realizing and kind of letting go of the fact that maybe not everything is all rational and is all sure. understandable and so i think that moment is the moment where he's kind of letting go of that fact mm. and accepting what it just the things as it is i think it's a very different kind of approach to the ending of a lot of mystery films because a lot of times mm. the ending of mystery films the detective comes out on top right all of his suspicions are correct and and you know, <laughs> he aha. he finds the culprit and there's a aha Scooby-Doo moment. Yeah. But here, it's not really a Scooby-Doo moment as much as it is kind of like, yeah, I got, the, I got the murder. I got the suspect. But then there's something else there. 
and it doesn't feel as like right. clean as you know other <laughs> mystery films might allow. Sure. And sure. I thought that was a very like interesting and um, fun twist that this film had apart from other films. Yeah, it definitely keeps it out of like cliche territory, you know? Like it, it doesn't it doesn't like fully commit into that category and it does its own spin. I think for me in that moment, it, I kind of saw it as sort of him like either like having the realization or sort of giving up on the townspeople cuz exactly, aside yeah. from cuz aside from like, you know, solving the mystery, a lot of sort of what he was trying to do was put the townspeople at ease of their of their like being worried and like fearing of the supernatural because like Mm -hmm. like i said he's like pretty rational about everything and so that's where like again with this motif uh, with him and his father and the riddle and him and um uh inguan's like they they always butt heads about their perspective on like how to treat sort of others that are like the common people per se right and like the riddle serves as a sort of a motif for that and uh when you believes you know believes in like being merciful to the people and like helping them out in times of crisis and needs so that way they'll do right basically by him uh sort of at the end of the day when things come out right so basically taking precautions in times of like extremes whereas the other side of that coin is like don't take extreme actions in times of that are like hardships or like chaos because it'll be beyond your control uh, before you know it basically it'll become out of your hands and so uh wangi is really trying to basically get a hand in the situation through the murders and he's like if i can solve these murders i can show the people that there is no ghost haunting them and that they'll finally be put to rest but i think in that scene by the end when he finally basically does that and he catches the killer and he saves uh hudo the village people still want blood like they still want to kill him and at that point i think he's basically like just kind of given up on trying to save them or realizing that you know it is beyond my control at, at this point like there's there's nothing that i can do to ease the people uh of their misgivings you know what wangi's father said was you know act merciful towards the the people the workers the lower people because if you do that then they will be happy and they will appreciate what you did for them right that's yeah. basically a premise of of what wangyu thinks right but then Inguan was like, no, if you are merciful to them and if you give them more and more mercy, then they're going to take advantage of that, right? And right. that's basically the, the argument there. Yeah, yeah. And through the story, through um, the story of Commissioner Kang, right, you realize that Inguan was actually correct in that sense, right? Sure, Where yeah. like, you know, Commissioner Kang was merciful to these people and forgave them of their debts and like very nice right. to them. But then at the end of the day, right, yeah. they basically betrayed him. And at the end, mm-hmm. although Wangyu kills Inguan, Inguan kind of wins the argument, right? Wins right. the bigger the bigger scheme of things because because everything that he says basically comes true where even as he leaves yep. the paper mill at the end, the villagers are out trying to kill <laughs> Tuho yeah. to make these things happen and, and like they are never understanding. Like the mob never understands sure, the big like, picture. Like reality. <laughs> the reality, yeah. 
and and forgiveness and mercy and and they know, they don't understand that right at the end yeah, it's right. kind of like the dark knight where like joker yeah, wins I was thinking. right yeah, at yeah. the end no that's kind of what happens here too like ingwon kind of wins even even as he dies his thesis rings true at the end like mm-hmm. these people they never learn these people you know still become yeah these blood frenzy people yeah it's just like it's just like this battle of like an argument of human nature essentially and they both have yeah two different thoughts on sort of like what human nature is or like how they respond to things and uh Inguan won that <laughs> argument by the end of this movie it's kind of like the cathartic i think theme on that because of the complex nature of the film sort of what is your, what was your experience like watching it yeah like i kind of went into it feeling that it will be kind of complicated mm. just because like even for me as as somebody who enjoys like period pieces it's still hard for me to like piece together all these things especially when there's right. a lot of characters involved and stuff like that yeah so for me going into it i really needed to focus and like <laughs> like in my mind figure out okay this person is this person this person yeah. does this and this person does that and even then like some of the things were a little bit confusing. Yeah. But overall, I think the main story of it, I was able to still like, you know, latch right. onto. Yeah. And was able to appreciate. And I think watching it again really helped me kind of, you know, set everything in order more. Y- yeah. And yeah. really was able to appreciate kind of yeah. what they were trying to do. Yeah. I 100% agree. There is, you definitely get enough the first watch that it is great, but there's so much more to catch up on the second time that it still yeah. continues being good. Um, I think that is like, I mean, just that experience in itself is something for the movie uh, that makes it unique. What was sort of like your favorite aspect of the movie? Like between just sort of like the mystery itself, piecing it together or like the crafting of the storytelling or like the characters or even like just something technical. I really liked the being in one Yu's shoes, but also like, like we mentioned before about like the superstitious stuff. And the yeah. supernatural and the logical and how those things kind of blend into each other sometimes mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the film. I really enjoyed that about the film. I think that really made the film have a lot more depth and have a lot more to say about, um, I think, the themes in the film. Yeah, I agree with you. Like that on one on one front, that for sure is the, the way that it blends uh, just different genres and subgenres and tones just to kind of keep you like it never commits to one thing is is mm. one of my favorite parts of this movie uh, like i said with the yeah. paranormal versus sort of like irrational thinking um the other is i mean i did like puzzle piecing the movie as well just kind of like allowing my brain to like fulfill that yeah uh, is uh it was definitely something i enjoyed as well um yeah that was te- fun for me too like um like trying to figure out who was the killer like like for a long time, I was I was like definitely Tuo was meant to be the killer, so he's not the killer. Like I knew right. that, but then I just didn't know who else would be. But like, and like who's second end, runner up? Mm. Right, right. Near the end, I'm like, oh, of course it's Ingram. But then I didn't really figure that out. I figured it out when I, when like the story figured it out. So I was right. like, oh man. I think like okay, the flashbacks in the movie were hard to figure out for me. Like the first time. I, I sometimes I couldn't figure out like what was a flashback and what was in real time just because mm-hmm. like they're both like both period pieces you know and like 
Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, this is oh, this is Kang getting murdered. Like, okay, I get it. Or like, uh, or the flashbacks with uh, Sue Young getting drowned and then Duhal saving her. But especially mm-hmm. like going back. Well, not really, because I was kind of like sometimes it, it like mixed up my viewing and I was like getting lost as to like what is real time and what's like flashbacks. Right. The most like giving away is when he like realizes that. Iguan is the killer, and then it's like he's running to the mill, and it's like cutting with um, Sion getting murdered that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I couldn't get. I was like, "Oh, is that Hyun? Is that Sion, or is that the Shaman Lady?" I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get confused with that. But in technically, in tech terms, the editing was phenomenal in this film, bro. Those smooth transitions, like when. Uh, he, he's fighting uh, Iguan duo, they're fighting each other, and then he like kicks them mm-hmm. to the door, and then it like seamlessly transitions like times later when they're investigating the house and they realize something. Oh, yeah, happened. I was like, ah, I so did it there. That's smooth, that's smooth. Yeah, they did some pretty clever stuff in this film. I, I liked how it was, it was structured too, like how mm. it was structured by the days and like how. Every oh, day yeah, somebody yeah. new died, and it definitely yeah, hundred percent. It definitely helped the flow of the movie as well, just because like mm-hmm. of, like we said how condensed it is. It definitely kind of helped yeah. break it apart a little bit. Um, what do you think of the this movie in the series so far? I mean, it's seeing the second one, but um, I feel like it's the truest detective like mystery film. Agreed. Um, yeah. at least so far. Agreed. Um, we'll see about the other ones, but. Um, I think it, this is like a real classic, classic detective film type of movie. Mm. Yeah. I 100% agree. I'll even go as far as to say you might have won the series. I think this could be number one. Oh, really? I think, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I've, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen the other two that we're going to watch. And like in terms of the series specifically, this one definitely takes the cake. Yeah, like this was my first time watching it too, and I was actually really pleasantly surprised at just the film in general and just how you know how how like layered it is. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty lengthy uh, for sure uh, for anybody that's gonna watch it, but it's definitely worth it, one hundred percent to watch it. I think it's a one hundred percent recommend on my case. Definitely watch it at least twice. Um, yeah, I think. I think out of everything that we watched on this podcast so far, it's I think the one that caught me by surprise the most and how good mm. it is and how like like we keep saying how layered it was. Uh yeah, definitely without having prior knowledge to it. It is po- pretty gory though. <laughs> yeah. Right? But again, like, but that's kind of why I liked it cuz it never like like it is super mystery, but there are so many other elements of subgenres yeah. in there. Like, yeah. like I said, the gore surprised me. Like at times, I was like, "This is borderline, like horror or something." <laughs> like they really go all in on these, right? You know, and then like the supernatural thing, like they really commit to that aspect of it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to like. There's a lot to kind of bite into there. And I really like the different kinds of ways that they were murdered. <laughs> I know that's a little bit like sadistic. Uh, yeah, but that was interesting. Like how. <laughs> Each person like died in a different way, and how that added when, to the story. When um, 
what's his name? Uh, was it? I think it was. No, no, no. Yeah, when Doki died, he was he. So he got like axed in the head and then suffocated. But yeah, like it took forever for him to like die. Like yeah. that shot held for a while. But what got me was like the blood. So he gets stabbed in the head, and it's probably like a solid minute before you actually see blood running down the paper. And it's Man. like I feel like. I feel like that was a technical thing where he's like, you got to keep shaking to make the the the, <laughs> blood, the blood drip down. Like, it's not working. Yeah, but like, dude, the way that they killed people back then is so brutal, dude. Yeah, I thought the same. Like, just thinking about all the different ways. Just for like, being a Catholic. Like, just Like, being boiled to death. Like, dude, seriously? Or like, <laughs> suffocating with paper. Like, who thinks about that? Like, yeah, who thinks, pretty- oh yeah, let's kill somebody by uh, wetting paper and making them suffocate yeah it's pretty rough like as punishment you will be dismembered by animals like that's great yeah and then every and then everybody watches like the entire town is just yeah like an audience yeah that's That's so brutal back then and then you can see the reaction shots of everybody and they're too like why are we watching this like uh that's like there's instant regret on the crowds people's face uh any last any last things for blood rain it was a great movie uh i would recommend it but if you're squeamish you probably don't want to watch it (laughs) because there is a lot of gore in it Um, but it is a very solid mystery film that i would recommend to people who enjoy mystery right uh and it like even filmmakers too or like writers i think there was a lot to take away from this movie for sure uh, so moving on, we're in my territory. Yeah. Won't be as good, but yeah. Uh, so we are stepping into this movie's called Ikari. Uh, I-K-A-R-I. Or Rage. Uh, I think you can search it by both. Um, came out in 2016. It is a Japanese film, but with a South Korean director. Uh, the director's name is Sang Ili. So go check that out. It's a really good one. We'll be talking about it next week. Be there or be square. Ready? Nice. All right. See you next week. Bye.